Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accents. And uh, today we're going to talk about match day 29, of course, in, in the second part of our podcast. But in the first part of our podcast, uh, I'm actually going to discuss a bit of a unique situation. What's going on in Bordeaux right now where, um, you know, it kind of sounds like the, the fans and, and the president owner, Gerard Lopez, are, are working well together, but... I don't know. I don't. It, it doesn't look like they're working for the same goal, despite what some of the Bordeaux fans are doing. I mean, of course, Bordeaux is struggling in uh, in Ligue 1 this season, uh, and uh, yeah, a little bit was revealed this week as far as the relationship between the owner and the fans. And so I decided to take a bit of time to uh, to discuss it, and uh, and I guess maybe maybe dwelling maybe a little bit even too much into it because um, it kind of revealed what's going on this day and age in football with five fans involvement and like I guess what I can call maybe dodgy tactics from owners to try and uh, to try and keep the the heat away from them I guess uh, so anyway so we'll talk about this in the first part and in the second part um yeah match day 29 in, you know as as you guys who are following Ligue 1 avidly know Paris Saint-Germain lost to Monaco and Marseille won the also important duel against Nice Um, and, and yeah, Bordeaux lost. So did Mess um, thrashing against against Rennes. And so um, again, you know, with with only um, eight days left, nine games left. Sorry, now um, the the table decants itself a little bit. Uh, anyway, let let's attack this little subject about Bordeaux and uh, and the relationship between the owner and the fans after the music. <laughs> Okay, so context. Um, Bordeaux is, of course, one of the um, one of those historical clubs in France. Um, as almost won it all, Vicente um, Lizarazu, Zinedine Zidane, Christophe Dugarry, um, Christian, no, Christian, his son, sorry, uh, Johan Gourcuff, um, to name a few players that that made the history of Les Girondins. Um, always a club that has been. I guess at the forefront of French football, a big rivalry in the 80s with Marseille. Uh, then they came back and won at the end of the um, 90s. And then at you know, 2000s, they won again. So kind of a team that has its cycle, but that is always, um, you know, sort of there or thereabout as far as um, as far as the top of Liga. They, they just come out, you know, a complicated situation with, with King Street and, and a president that was, whose name was Longuepe, who, who did a lot of damage at Bordeaux and who... Everyone wanted out of, of, of the club, basically. Um, and um, and then last year, in what was um, a lengthy, I guess, soap opera in France, um, Gérard Lopez, the former owner of, of Lille and of the club called Mouscron, um, took over at Bordeaux. Although there was definitely already some, um, you know, I guess, some shady words about him and about his practice and about the fact that he left Lille in a pretty sad state. And, and he did the same thing with Mouscron before. And He kind of always gets away with it because he, he sells before things got real bad, but um, but he doesn't have the reputation of being an excellent owner. And anyway, he comes and takes over at Bordeaux and saying that, um, supposedly of all the people that were going to take Bordeaux over, he's the only one who was able to put enough money straight up to be able to keep the club in our Ligue 1 because they were threatened of being relegated in third, fourth division even by the um by the financial fair play of France. Um, and so he comes in and he takes over and uh, and then Bordeaux 
stays, Petkovic comes, um, a bit of a bit of change structurally in Bordeaux. Like, for example, all the scouts um, are, um, I guess, made redundant because um, Gerard Lopez is using the same um, the same scouted company that he was using um, back when he was working in Lille. Except that he doesn't have, of course, um, the main men, but he has still the team behind him. Amar Lopez is in charge of the club, and Amar Lopez was already with Gerard Lopez uh, in uh, in Lille. And so, so yes, yeah, so all this kind of happened, and and I guess no one really asks, you know, how Lopez comes to Bordeaux. It just the name gets linked to the club, and then it just happens. Uh, but then this week, and that's when things start to get interesting. Um, a mind-blowing article, I guess there's no other way to say it, um, is um, is released in in L'Equipe, which is the most popular um, sports newspaper in in France, probably the only one that is printed daily for like ever, and and that has a good, a very good reading, and and whose website is also pretty uh, popular. So so anyway, the, in that article, um, in that interview of of both Gerard Lopez and uh, and a few fans of Bordeaux. We we've been told we we realized the story is told that um one supporter and and you know you can find all this information on on Twitter or or on the website like I'm not going to I'm give his name because he's getting a bit of hate right now um has contacted Gerard Lopez kind of out of the blue when all those um, people were said to be willing to buy Bordeaux but not to keep them in Liga um and apparently it, there's a bit of like. People say that he harassed him or whatever. He just he just contacted him and he was a bit insistent and he told Gerard Lopez that he really wanted him to be the president of his club. So, so a fan with very good intentions, um, by any means, you know, I guess a real fan of his club who wants to save his club and is ready to do the work to be able to to see his club um, staying in Liga and to find an owner that can put the money in. And also somebody, you know, that maybe thinks however shady Gerard Lopez can be, he got a title in Lille, so maybe he can do the same thing for us in Bordeaux, and, and maybe that's why um, he goes there. So anyway, he contacted Gerard Lopez. Apparently, Gerard Lopez, uh, not apparently, in the article, Gerard Lopez says that at first he wasn't interested in the project, um, but then there's like another couple of conversations happening, um, one of which is with now um, the same men plus the ultras of Bordeaux. Uh, and basically, um, Lopez is so moved by the passion of those uh, people and so moved by the passion of the fans that he actually decides to to take over Bordeaux, um, you know, kind of kind of on the basis of those fans are amazing and and the opportunity might actually be worth it. I mean, he's a businessman at the end of the day. There's probably a bit of money to be made there, but um, but yeah, the article paints it like if it wasn't for those fans, Gerard Lopez was just going to pass on the opportunity of of buying and running Bordeaux. Um, it's it's quite um. Yeah, I think it's quite a mind-blowing article, and and I'll share it on Twitter when when the pod drops, um, because you know, like from Lopez accepting to discuss exactly what happened and how he got at the head of Bordeaux, because uh, a couple of times he says that he like he, he almost this is the club saying, oh, I wasn't interested and it wasn't a project for me and blah blah blah. Um, from you know the fans who contributed to him coming, and then um, those ultras are basically boasting on Twitter. Uh, that they are saving the club once the article drops. They share the article and they say, oh, here we go, that's our story. Um, when they've said for the longest time that they had nothing to do with Gerard Lopez. Um, to me, the article also reeks of manipulation. Um, it, it looks like a, just a, a huge manipulating move from Gerard Lopez. Uh, I know that I am, I guess, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm quite the cynical person when it comes to businessmen because, um, well, 
they're not really enough. They're not really in it, sorry, for the love of the game or, or for the love of the club. Um, they're, they're probably more in it for the money. You know, Gerard Lopez doesn't have, um, you know, I don't know, grapes in Bordeaux that he really wanted to get close to or like family or or like historic ties to the club. Um, so, so you know, he's probably in it for the money and it's fair. He's, he's the owner. He, he better be in it for the money kind of thing. Um, but the timing of the interview, you know, dropping when Bordeaux is fighting for survival, um, an interview like this where, where you know, Gerard Lopez talks about, um, you know, a, a sacred union where, where everyone needs to be in the same boat to try and save the team. When, when fans clearly, right at that moment, are looking for a scapegoat, you know, are looking for a way to instigate change. Um, I think that the timing of the article is just rather odd because, um, as you know, you know, the fans are first going to blame um, the the players. Then they're going to blame the coach, but but the coach was removed and replaced halfway through the season. Then they'll, re- then they'll blame the sporting director, then they'll blame the president, they'll blame the owner. It's just just how things go, right? It's a chain of command. Um, so, you know, seeing Lopez getting pretty cozy with the fans, um, you know, in the interview, he says something like... Um, they will tell me if uh, I don't perform and I will tell them if I think that they go too far. Um, it really sounds like him protecting himself um, and in the meantime kind of throwing everybody else under the bus, right? Uh, and there was there was a bit of proof this weekend already um, when uh, when the goalkeeper of Bordeaux, Benoit Costil, the, the French international goalkeeper, uh, was booed and was jeered um, whenever he had the ball and, and at the end of the game um, when he faced the fan, um, he, he did tell to that um, to that one fan that um, that post about being in that article, um, he told him that he was a uh, that he was basically um, that was what he said. You're sold out, like you you sold yourself to the owner, so you're not a real fan, kind of thing. Uh, which you know maybe is a bit of an overreaction. Maybe it's not professional, um, but you know he's like he's a player who who comes out like at, to to. I think he comes out of a situation where he just lost a game that he shouldn't have lost. We talked about that later. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a player that at one point was very important for the club before he got sidelined, um, along with Laurent Koscielny by Lopez and by his team, uh, probably to try and, and reduce the the salary in in the club. Um, and he's just not having a great time, like I said, because he knows that defeat against Montpellier might be condemning the club. So it's maybe not a reaction, maybe a reaction that you should understand and at least your player has passion, right? Uh, but yet the, the Bordeaux fans are like turning on him, are blaming him for having an argument with his teammates on the field, um, which is, again, um, mind-blowing to me. I'm going as far as um, saying that because of that argument with, with um, Amerozic, um, he didn't give him the ball later and that's why they conceded the second goal. Uh, and then the story goes as far as that ultra group posting on Twitter um, that they had proof that both Costil and Koscielny said some racist things in the past, um, which in turn, um, you know, seem to have pushed Costil to potentially leave the club now, um, despite alleged support from everyone in the locker room. It, it, it gets messy, right? And um, and and it is one of those unique situations, um, and and some would say um, dangerous alliances between between president and fans. Um, that that I don't think is healthy, and and we've seen that in the past. I mean. Um, you know, to, talking about close to home um, in Marseille, the the sporting director Jose Anigo back in 2000 and 2010, um, the kind of guy who, who had a few issues with the justice system in his life, much like Gerard Lopez. Uh, well, Jose Anigo, when Deschamps was the coach at, at Marseille and Deschamps won a title and three uh, league cup with Marseille, 
um, he couldn't really stand the, the rising power of, of who is now the French national team manager and apparently asked the fan or at least asked the, the leader of the fan group to boo Deschamps and to call for Deschamps' head as soon as one result wasn't going for them. Um, you know, those are those are methods of a shady businessman, you know, trying to buy people's influence rather than trying to do the hard work of building something that makes sense. And and, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, and probably more importantly even, um, it's, you know, when you try to build something and you make a mistake, it's fine, mistakes happen, it's football, you know, it can't always work the right way. The right thing to do is to just get back to work, it's just to see where you fail and, and, you know, sort of live with the consequences, be it relegation or, or the fans' wrath um, and, until better results come, you know, from, from lesson learned. And, and here, when I read this article and when I see what's going on on social media after that, I'm just, I'm just seeing Gerard Lopez trying everything he can do to shift the blame to someone else, uh, like he did in Lille for, for all the depth that he had, um, you know, Somebody with such lack of accountability at the head of your professional club is, I think, is scary. I think it's a bad thing. And when I see um, Ultra, because I I genuinely believe that they are Bordeaux fans and they are just trying to do whatever they can do to try and save, um, you know, what is an awful season. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I think he knows what he's doing, Gerard Lopez. I think he knows that he's buying himself peace. Um, you know, for himself, not for everybody else in the club. Um, and I think the Ultramarine, which is the name of that um, Ultra Group in, in Bordeaux, are just a bit of his, uh, a bit of his toys. And, and seeing that unfolding, um, you know, in front of our eyes in uh, in Ligue 1 is rather, um, yeah, rather mesmerizing, I guess. <laughs> um, be, because as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, last time I checked, it's the guy at the top that's responsible for the results. So. If things aren't going well, eventually it's Gerard Lopez's fault. He put the sporting director in place. They put another coach in place. They did all that wheel recruitment. Half of the Portuguese players that they've recruited aren't, aren't, that, aren't even that good. And at one point, this is where the narrative was going. You know, all the fans were um, complaining that Amar Lopez and, and Gerard Lopez didn't recruit the right people. And then slowly but surely, that narrative was changed. And, and I think those two, um, those two fans that now we know have been with Gerard Lopez since the beginning. I think they have a bit to do with the fact that um, Gerard Lopez doesn't get that much, um, I guess, anger towards him because, you know, one of them is the head of the Ultramarine, which is the biggest ultra group in, in Bordeaux. And, and Bordeaux is, you know, Bordeaux is not known to be the best fans in um, in France. There's always, um, you know, a bit of a story at Bordeaux and in Toulouse, in southwest where, in southwest of France, where, Rugby is probably as popular as football is, maybe a little bit less, but still popular. And there's always a story that in the, in those two clubs, um, one one year the fans are for rugby, one year the fans are for football, whichever team plays the best. And of course, Bordeaux is not having um, a great time right now. Um, but but yeah, it, to me it was a bit of a, I guess a bit of an illustration of uh, of what's going on these days in football. Of um, I guess the techniques that some owners are ready to to use to try and protect themselves to try and um keep their job the way it is you know it's um Gerard Lopez came in and put the, a coach that hadn't coached in club in so long and, and it failed um he he got those players like I said that didn't play that much or that weren't that good Albert Ellis is probably the the one successful recruitment um and, and then um and then he didn't do any better at the at the next um at the next window, he gets 
David Guillon, which is a good coach, a good defensive coach. It's what you need when you're in Bordeaux, but it doesn't change much. Defensively, they're still struggling. They're still conceding a lot. Then you realize that he needs money. So to save money, um, he just wants to get rid of all the high salary. So it's Koscielny, it's Otavio. Uh, and, and, you know, again, this is this is fair. You're the owner. You want to do this. But there are ways to do it. And it was all done in such a dirty way, in such a, a name-shaming way and, and like, a way to discredit those people that are professionals and try and like um, tarnish their reputation. I just, I just think the whole Bordeaux, um, like the whole thing, just looks shady and and just feel like it's just not the right culture at the club. And this is not how you can build success on. If you have issues year one, I mean, year two is going to get worse. If by miracle they stay in in Liga, which um, you know after twenty nine games they have twenty two points. Uh, and when I was checking the stats earlier. Um, the last 49 times that this happened, that the team had only 22 points after 29 games, the last 49 times, 48 times the team was relegated. So there's one chance. One, one team does it, 2% chances uh, to to get to be saved. And, uh, and of course, they're going to play it um, because they're professional. But um, but I, 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 just, I just don't realize, I just don't understand, excuse me, why... Um, why Jara Lopez doesn't, doesn't see much see more of the sticks. Uh, and, and, you know, the reason is simple. That's because he kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, he kind of bought the fans. He kind of bought the fans' respect by uh, by having a, a chat with them. But also, um, I feel like he bought their silence by doing so because even though he says, you know, they'll tell me when um, when I'm not good and I'll tell them that I'm sure when, when the president of your club calls you and say, hey, we need you guys to be behind us, da 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 da, da. Um, because you were there to bring him in. You want to save face, and you're going to have to support him. I'm wondering how long they're going to save face for, because I don't know if Gerard Lopez stays at the club, if Bordeaux goes down, and, and if he stays at the club and Bordeaux stays in Ligue 1, I don't know in which financial situation Bordeaux is going to be after a guy like Gerard Lopez run onto your club. And, and you know, like I said already, there's no more scouts in Bordeaux because he's using a, a third-party um, scouting firm. So... You know, once he goes, how do you rebuild? You, you have a you have a lot of work to do. I just yeah, I just was fascinated by this story, and when when the article was released, which is you know something that has been discussed for a while now in French football, what's going on in Bordeaux with the fans, uh, but when it was officially released, um, I just thought it was it was a bit out of the blue. It was, in my opinion, um, completely unwarranted, completely out of line, um, and to see the those two fans actually like being proud of it when um when it's kind of been obvious that they were trying not to be mean to their owner um i just think it kind of goes against what being an ultra is you know in a way it's, it it goes with what being an ultra is you know you can argue that they've saved the club they found the best owner they found the one owner that would keep Bordeaux in Ligue 1 you know in hindsight now we understand that there was a few um a few campaigns against the other owners. Now we understand where that might come from because if those fans had chosen Gerard Lopez already, then of course they're going to try and derail any other um, potential buyer. Um, but but anyway, so in a way I can I can understand like they they sort of try to get informed and and find the best owner for themselves. But in another way, um, you know you got to keep your owner in check. You got to keep your president in check. You got to trust that they're doing the right thing. But if it's obvious they're not doing the right thing, and in Bordeaux. It's obvious on so many levels that they're not doing the right thing. You got to keep them accountable, and you can't just shift all the blame to the players and do nothing um, about the owner. I mean, that story about Benoit Costil is again mind blowing. Like, 
I understand that you need to sometimes that sometimes you you don't need to sometimes that you will blame one of your players because they're not performing or whatever but because still that was his first game back in two months um you know it's it Bordeaux is is a bad defense Costil not Costil they are the worst defense in the top five league in Europe um they've conceded 70 goals in 29 games um you know you can you can and you should maybe blame the players uh but you gotta blame the coaching staff as well because um because you know sure it's changed but it's still the same thing and when when Costil wasn't playing and Poussin he substituted uh, played for the last two months in seven games he con- he conceded 18 goals um and he recorded a worse percentage of saves than than Costil did so the issue doesn't doesn't necessarily um you know reside with the goalkeeper yet they decide to to take on two goalkeeper that hasn't played for two months and and that concedes twice early on but um but but then you know isn't the one to blame for all the defeat that you had since the beginning of the season. Um, anyway, yeah, that's a bit of the the bit about about Bordeaux. Uh, I just thought it was a, a story worth telling, um, and I just thought you know it's uh, I'd be interesting to see if if that ever happened in other um, clubs anywhere else in the world where um, there's such coziness between uh, between um, supporters and uh, and owners. But I guess you know it is the 21st century. Uh, you know, like I said, there was a bit of that in Marseille, but it was only one group, uh, one group out of like eight or nine groups. So, um, so not everyone followed suit. Um, in Bordeaux, not everyone fo- is following suit either. There's definitely already we can see a bit of division within um, within supporters. Like, not everyone agrees with what's going on with the ultramarine, but um, but everyone agrees that Bordeaux needs to do a lot to be able to save themselves. And uh, and who knows is there if they are going to be able to. Um, do that, but uh, but yeah, you know, I I kind of wish, I kind of wish Bordeaux the best. I wish the players the best. I wish the fans the best. I know it probably is a very difficult situation to be in, seeing such a historical club and your club, um, about to to go down in Ligue 2. Um, I just think that was a shady business for the owner to <laughs> release this article in in such a uh, a crucial moment. And I I you know I, I didn't have a lot of respect for Gerard Lopez before that. I don't think I have much more right now, and and it it is what it is, you know. I'm I'm saying that with the information that I have from the outside, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, but to me, an article like this at that time um, is a is a smart and a corrupted way to try and protect yourself and and throw everybody else under the bus. But anyway, but Bordeaux has a nine game to save themselves. Hopefully, they'll be able to do it. Um, all right, let's talk about those uh, those ten league games. 